Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Next up, we're having MI Cloud Technologists joining us from Singapore. Do we have uh, MI Cloud? Uh, yes, hello. My name is Zad Ahmed Khan uh, from NUS Business School, uh, and I'm the CEO of MI Cloud Technologies. Nikola Tesla, he once said that the secret of the universe lies in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And we followed that principle. And we've created a small device that can modify the energy state of liquids. We call it the magnetic interference cloud technology or the MI cloud. In the first figure, you can see that a normal magnet, its force flows smoothly between its two poles. But we created a device using restructured rare earth neodymium to either spin the force inwards or outwards. When we place our device in an electron microscope, we can see two colors, which indicates the spinning effect. But a normal magnet, if you place in an electron microscope, it only shows one color. When we place our device under a drop of water and examine it under a microscope, then we can either loosen the water bonds to widen the uh, drop of water, or we can compress the water bonds to compress the drop of water, as shown in this picture. All of this testing was done at NTU lab. We have four IPs for this uh, technology at the moment. We have discovered three uh, applications with scientific evidence for this technology, for energy saving, in water heaters, for healthcare and biotech. You can see in this video on the right, when we fit our device inside a storage water heater, you can see the change in color, which indicates how fast heat flows and how quickly the water gets heated as compared to the device without the MI Cloud device. You see the red color, it indicates more heat and the, even the flow of heat increases. We did testing and we found out that we can save up to 27% more energy and we can get more hot water for a longer period of time. So every time you shower, you can save energy now. The second use we found was that if we place the device near the human body, it improves blood circulation, which is captured by the thermal camera imaging over here. We did this testing. When we place the device, you see, under the foot, just within three minutes, we are able to improve the blood circulation without raising much, without raising the body temperature. The third use we found was keeping the food fresh and nutritious. You can see in the diagrams over here, when we use the device, the meat keeps fresh for a longer period of time. And through our studies, we noted that we can improve the shelf life of food and retain nutrition 40% longer. We did testing and we found that less bacteria grows and more nutrition is re retained. The product is totally safe to use according to WHO uh, recommendations. And in terms of gauss measurements, it's only five gauss that reaches the body. Whereas a normal children's playing magnet is around 2000 gauss. We have a team, a diverse team with wide variety of skills, uh, including business, finance, uh, deep tech, high tech, uh, emerging tech and marketing. Currently, we have developed four products that are ready to be sold in the market. One for the keeping the food fresh, second for treating sleep apnea and sleep uh, insomnia even, uh, third one for relieving pain within three minutes, and the fourth one for imp uh, improving the energy consumption for water heaters. We currently have one client, we recently acquired one client, Jovan Electric, that operate in Singapore and Malaysia, and they've given us the first order for 60,000 Singapore dollars, which is to be completed within three months from now. We estimate a big market for our existing products, uh, but uh, hope to start with a small market of 200 million and starting from China and Singapore. The first year, we hope to obtain clinical trials and certifications, country-specific certifications. Then we hope to build on production lines and industry liaisons followed by uh, extensive investment in marketing and sales up till IPO. We have designed the structure to use our investments and we have a full-fledged market plan for the China market. We have good connections with the KLOs, the influencers, 
to uh, rapidly spread our products in the Chinese market. We tested our products with compared with the others in the market and found ours to be much better uh, through clinical testing and through trials as well. Uh, there are a lot of potential uses for this uh, product, including for massage machines, we can incorporate them. We can use it in the beauty industry to improve blood circulation and many other potential uses. Even we found yesterday, we talked to some person, uh, he suggested that we can use it for uh, thinning the paint even. We talked to Professor Jackie Ho from NUHS and she suggested that this could be a potential cure for the diabetic foot condition, which we believe is another huge market. We estimate revenues uh, of 80 million in the fifth year with gradual increase every year. Uh, the, uh, the valuation in one year we believe will be around 30 million. We need 4 million investment and we will be willing to offer an equity of 15% and expect a return on investment of 30 times. We really believe our technology can change the quality of life. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to present in front of such an esteemed panel. And may Thank we, you. we have your questions. Precious. You're welcome. So do you own the IP? Can you protect the IP? Or is this, I mean, how can you protect the IP? It seems like it's a natural phenomenon that you could uh, not own. Uh, we own the IPs uh, and it, it's, it doesn't exist naturally. We have to create the phenomena ourselves. Our CTO, Yang Peng, she owns four IPs for this. But this, this phenomena yet is unmatched. No one has been able to replicate it yet. Okay. This, this took us almost 15 years of extensive research uh, to reach this level. Okay, okay. And so you filed patents in all jurisdictions or where are you on that? Uh, currently we filed patent, but through NUS, National University of Singapore, we're gonna file this year in Singapore as well. Can you spend a little more time talking about uh, your path to reaching the end user, uh, the technology, from my completely uninformed uh, perspective, uh, seems to be from deep within the bowels of academia. And um, although I appreciate you sharing profiles of your uh, leadership team, I think your, your colleague who does marketing is more known for TV broadcasting. Have you given some real thought to productizing this and how complex that's gonna be? Yes, we have currently two methods of reaching the client. One are the industrial clients like Jovan, and we're also talks with Yonex, the uh, sports brand company. We talked with the boss, Mr. Seth, and he's very interested in putting our device in the insole of shoes to improve blood circulation for golfing shoes. And secondly, for the marketing in China, we believe that uh, the connections are the most important point, the influencers, are the most important point. And our marketing lead have very deep connections with these influencers. So it's, it's gonna give us a very quick start for this. All right, thank you. Any other questions? George? So as your product needs, still needs customer education and awareness, so what's your product price and policy, which is compatible while meeting well customers need and also offering sufficient margin room? Yes. For the industrial products, such as for the water heater saving energy and the food freshness, the price can be reduced according to the size of the order because we'll also receive economies of scale when the order is larger. As with Jovan, we had to reduce the price a bit, but we still have good margins for the price. But for the consumer products, such as for the pain product and for the sleep product, 
we uh, the price is a bit higher. It's around $150 for the sleep product. And for the pain product, it's around $50. But we believe that we can, uh, we have a good marketing plan. We start with China. We've tested on uh, uh, small groups of people and, and got very good results. And we've, uh, we've had surveys that people are willing to pay this amount for the price. All right. On your uh, healthcare um, products, do you have uh, you know, kind of clinical trials and things like that to claim the efficacy or are these you know, sort of like a dietary supplement type of uh, um, claims? We have uh, scientific evidence for the food one and also for the SPO testing and PSQI testing for the sleep device in Singapore. We wish to obtain the P1 certification for China as well. Um, do we have any other follow-up questions? Yes, Janet. Uh, hi. Uh, from your presentation, it looks like you're looking at at least four types of products to embed your technology. I just want to say for a startup, that seems to be a, quite a diversification. Even so, that's what my, so just wondering, do you have a priority? How, yeah. Secondly is, uh, what exactly do you imagine your future product? It doesn't matter whether you start with a, some sort of device that give you a faster route, that's okay. But in the long term, what is exactly your technology product? Are you building to a, a chips or is that software or how do you imagine your future form of the real product in the long term? The product is basically hardware. It's the technology that can be used to build multiple products. Like our first order we got from an industrial customer, we fit this small device inside water heaters to save energy. But for the sleep device, it's a totally different market. For the pain device, we have this. And the sleep device, we have this big of a packing. So it's based on B2B and B2C, different products for different customers. But, but like electricity, you see, electricity has so many different applications. It's a technology. Similarly, our technology is energy modification. Wherever there's water, our technology can be applied. So the potential for growth is huge. All right, uh, thank you so much in my cloud for the presentation. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Another friendly reminder to the judges, please remember to score the startups as we go. And I want to give a shout out to everybody still participating online for bearing with us for the network hiccups and issues. Thank you so much for the, for the participation. Thank you. Next up, we're having Carzo joining us from Myanmar. Carzo. Hello, Minglabar. Thank you, everybody. Great presentations. Um, I'm Alex, the CEO and founder of Carzo, the dominant B2B logistics technology platform in Myanmar and beyond. Myanmar ranks 137th out of 160 countries in the World Bank Logistics Performance Indicator, and we're by far the lowest in our region. For corporate business, it means a very inefficient trucking market high logistics costs and unreliable distribution. Now, Myanmar really is the key land bridge that connects India and the Chinese supply chain through Myanmar and onto Southeast Asia and back. The Myanmar freight market is actually expected to increase by 300% in the coming years, particularly with the construction of the Asian highway coming in from India. And of course, the Belt Road construction coming in from China, flowing through Myanmar. In Myanmar alone, over 430,000 trucks deliver nearly 90% of all the goods along the four freight corridors.
corridors. It really is all by road. And the big pain point, the big problem that businesses have is that they have to use multiple fragmented small fleets, different suppliers for their distribution. And everything in Myanmar is still paper-based and still very manual. With this expected forecasted big growth of the freight market, we are solving this with technology. We offer our corporate businesses and SMEs one portal to log in and manage and facilitate their entire logistics operation in that corporate dashboard with full tracking and visibility, goods in transit insurance, and of course, digital money, no cash. We've had consider considerate growth in the last year in this quarter, um, 35 key active corporate clients. So a lot of room for growth in that area. We've transformed our margins from just under 2% to over 15%. We've nearly doubled our trucking fleet, the largest virtual fleet in the country. We've done over $3 million USD in GMV last year in this quarter, 2021. And we measure the low season months based on year on year growth. We did, we doubled 166%, sorry, 160% in 2020 compared to 2019. We're expecting the same growth this year. We are really focused on integrating into the supply chains of these corporate businesses across all sectors. We work with large MNC companies and big domestic companies. And we recently won just last year, the, the mask line tended to be the number one key supplier for mask line in the country. We recently signed our third year contract with Nestle and we have two tenders that we just won as well with three big, two big uh, freight forwarder companies and corporate MNCs. Myself, the founder and CEO, I've lived and worked in Myanmar a very long time, over eight years uh, with a digital marketing background. I'm very much installed in this country. Uh, our COO, ex-Brunei Oil and Gas, a repat who runs the entire logistics operation on the ground. Our CFO, a chartered accountant in investment advisory, he's lived here a long time as well. And Simon Howard, our chief business officer, he is ex-FedEx um, with huge amounts of experience, has built this growth in this huge pipeline of growth that we have coming this year. Although we built our core trucking foundation on the four freight corridors, that's just one part of the supply chain. We've now expanded across the entire supply chain to a complete end-to-end -end service. We're fully operational at the ports, uh, doing bulk and project logistics. We're fully operational hauling containers from port to warehouse. We now have a, a CFS, a warehouse ourselves, doing consolidation of goods. And we do full transport to the border, to Thailand, with customs clearance import and export into Thailand and onto Southeast Asia. Although that's our core service, we're expanding into building the big super app of logistics in Myanmar. We are anchoring all of our suppliers into the logistics ecosystem network to Carzo with financial products and insurance products and safety products with partnerships with the banks and insurance companies. We're also focusing on the big problems of the country to solve in logistics, specialized distribution of cold chain, uh, high value medical goods as well, less than truckload, backhaul, return loads is a big area that we wanna optimize logistics in Myanmar for. We're partnered with a couple of dealerships to offer services and parts and potentially truck uh, sales as well. And we just launched a truck wrapping service offering uh, advertising for our corporate businesses on the biggest fleet in the entire country. Our big vision is to be the emerging market logistics platform from South Asia through Myanmar and right through Southeast Asia. Thank you very much, everybody. I look forward to your questions. Thank you very much, Carzo. All right, uh, questions? Uh, yes, Bill, please. Yeah, 
No, I thought, well, okay. I'm just in terms of, so you have a bunch of customers. It sounds like, where are you in terms of your revenue growth and your revenue ramp? Sure. So last year was quite a focus on the, as I mentioned, the core trucking. That's mainly the four corridors, core trucking, like cement construction materials, very low margins. We're sitting around two, 2%. Two we did over 3 million in GMV last year and this quarter. Okay. And that low margin was sitting yeah, about, about uh, average of last year margin was about 3.8%. But then we transformed to focus on the supply chain services. And our growth, what's happened is the GMV is huge with core trucking and cement, but very low margins. So we focus on the margin focus with more supply chain services. So GMV has come down. This year, um, we've averaged around $150,000 a month in GMV. We've had quite a disruption in the country, I'm sure you're aware of. The volumes are down, but our margins have gone right up to over consistently over the last 10 months, over 12%. We did our record margin in March of 16%. And that's, that's holding. We're predicting okay. for this year, GMV target of 5 million USD at 13.5% uh, margins. Okay, thank you. As you have a grand plan or encouraging plan targets, well, Will, will have the dominant position of your well take platform from South Asia to Southeast Asia. So uh, do you have, uh, does your company have a long-term strategy in branding building or image building? Yes, I think for now we, we've kind of broken up our plan into three phases. The first phase is to create a very good localized product for Myanmar for the first and mid-mile space. And obviously we do multiple distribution last mile. We want to build that out properly right to the borders. We are now fully right to the borders of, of, of India, Bangladesh, China, Laos, Thailand. And now we're doing full customs clearance into Thailand, which is again close to Southeast Asia. The next step is that focus. That corridor to Bangkok is a key corridor for Southeast Asia. And then once we have that and, and go into Southeast Asia, then the next phase will be looking connecting India. And that, that is the, uh, the sort of second and third phase way to go into India and then onto those markets of South Asia. Um, and our brand and image is to really be the, the key link uh, of, of an emerging market logistics platform that is established between the two big markets that flows through to all the markets as well. All right, um, thank you so much uh, for the questions in the, uh, in the judge panel and thank you, Carso, for the presentation. Thank you. Sure. Thanks, Mumbai. All right, so we're moving on to the last pitching start of the day. It's welcome, it's mt.ai for the presentation. Um, hello, uh, everyone. Um, let me just share my slides. Bear with me for a moment. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Benjamin Zai, the CEO founder of SMT.ai. Uh, we aim to be the AWS for electronics manufacturing, making it really scalable and accessible to everyone. Um, so me and my partner, we are both from uh, EPFL. We both are familiar with the electronics business. Uh, and manufacturing processes. We both uh, sit on the board of IPC, which is a uh, standardization body for electronics um, standards. Um, the market that we target is high mix, uh, low volume, uh, so small to medium uh, volume uh, electronics manufacturing. This represents approximately 20% of the entire market, but is the fastest growing segment uh, in, in, the, in the business. So typically the applications are industrial, 
uh, robotics, aerospace, and so on. The electronics manufacturing industry is broken uh, because there are information silos everywhere. Uh, the engineers and component distributors don't share much information, and when data is passed from the engineers to the manufacturer's design intent is lost. So there's a lot of manual process in the electronics manufacturing, um, and what we do is using our AI um, technology to bridge those gaps um, and make it really accessible. So um, we have we focus on three areas. The first one is production. Uh, sorry, the first one is design intelligence, um, and the second is supply chain intelligence, and the third one is production intelligence. And we form a closed loop. Uh, of feeding back production uh, information back into the design cycle so that it accelerates the cycle overall. Uh, it's a seamless integration between engineers, factories, and component distributors. For our system, um, we have um, three different users. So we have, uh, first of all, uh, uh, the supply chain partners uh, that we integrate with, um, that we exchange data um, based on uh, uh, so pricing information and also availability information uh, and designers, would, um, we provide them with tools uh, that can be used to analyze the design and control their supply chain risk. And for production partners, we integrate our system into their factory. Um, that is an IoT and AI system that allows um, direct monitoring and control of the manufacturing process. And this would really um, bridge all the information silos and make the manufacturing frictionless. So for manufacturers, we have a very simple proposal uh, because a lot of the smaller manufacturers don't have um, the capability to build an online platform uh, for quoting and ordering. Uh, so for them, they can open a shop like they open a shop in Alibaba in five minutes and they would directly benefit from all our AI analysis tools uh, and supply chain analysis tools. Uh, for customers, it's also very simple. Um, they upload their design. Uh, and uh, they can see any risks uh, related to the manufacturing business and then they can um, get a quote from our system. Uh, let me show you a quick demo, it's probably easier. So for customers, it's really simple. He just needs to upload his design. Uh, this is typically done over email um, through a very long process. And then he can directly see a rendering of his board uh, and he can check some of the details if there is something wrong with the design or a potential risks related with the design, we would show in the system. Um, and he can check uh, with his engineer, if this purchasing uh, person, he can check with the engineer and then confirm all the issues uh, automatically. So the competitive landscape is we work with our partners and also, um, um, and, and yeah, so there are PCB, PCBA manufacturers, component distributors, supply chain service companies, typically EDA companies. Uh, what we aim to be is a connector aggregator of these, um, of these companies because our platform op uh, has an open API that other companies can use. So they can use our um, capabilities to build applications on top of our platform, which would um, enhance uh, their business um, as well. Um, the electronic sector is really booming recently uh, with um, uh, the companies are raising a lot of money. Um, so, and there is starts to be some, um, yeah, there's, there, there are big changes in the industry. Um, the, the, the industry is shifting from high volume uh, manufacturing to smarter uh, manufacturing for high mix uh, applications. Um, so, as I said, we as a platform um, allows building of the third party applications uh, um, using our API, 
so that they get, uh, they can get integrated into the into the into the supply chain. Also, uh, with full exchange of data, it would break the information silos and provide a very smooth user experience to the uh, both to the manufacturers and also for the design companies. Uh, we were implemented in uh, in different factories, so. Um, our customers uh, either from the factory side, so like Flex, or from the uh, customer side, uh, like from robotics companies and aerospace companies, they're really, um, they're, they're, they are very satisfied with our service. So we use AI to uh, bridge the gap between uh, different processes in electronics manufacturing, and we take electronics manufacturing to the cloud. Thank you very much. Thank you, SMIT. Any questions from judges? So Ben, uh, give us an example of a design flaw you can identify first and give us examples of design flaws that you can't identify. Uh, I'm sorry, design flaws that it was breaking up. Design flaws that you can identify. And I'm guessing there are design flaws that you cannot identify. How smart yes. are you, right? Okay. Uh, yes. Um, so in the, there are many different items to check. So typically, for example, for a design, for human engineers to check, he would check regularly between 700 and 1,000 different items in the design. So things to look at. We, with our system, we will be able to look at um, 80 to 90% of these, these issues. Um, but those uh, 1,000 items for the particular design is not the same uh, for different applications. So, for example, for robotics application, it will be different items to check uh, than compared to uh, aerospace application. Um, so, yeah, with our algorithm currently, we can check over 300 different, uh, different, different things uh, in the list, and then uh, the rest are... So yeah, we cover approximately, 80, we aim to cover approximately 80% uh, or no, we're not there yet. So we cover probably 50% now and we uh, aim to cover more eventually. Okay, any questions? Hi, Ben. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your business uh, model? The so areas? yes, the business model, uh, it changed a little bit. So we pivoted um, from, from a year and a half ago. Uh, so before that, we were mostly serving uh, large EMS companies like Flex and Foxconn by providing them a software solution. Um, that actually in one part proves that our technology is viable in uh, various manufacturing settings, including the biggest EMS uh, companies. Uh, but our main focus now is the intermediary between the client and the factory. Uh, so by connecting a bunch of smaller factories, we take orders from clients and we distribute to those factories and we take a margin uh, from there. You mean uh, collecting, uh, who are your, the clients you're referring to? The component players? Yes, or? so the clients are design companies or, or companies, typically a robotics company that uh, wants to manufacture something. And then he would put his designs on our platform and say, I want how many pieces and based on um, our optimization, we will choose a factory that mostly fits his needs, and then we will distribute the order to the factory. So the client orders from us, and then we order from the factory. Okay, so you become a supply-demand uh, uh, marketplace, a bridge. Yes, a little bit like Uber uh, for electronics manufacturing. Okay, interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions?
with only two seniors in your material. Can you well describe a little bit about your team composition in terms of educational and working experience, industry experience, etc.? Yes, so the team, uh, we are from EPFL, a uh, very good engineering school in Switzerland. Uh, and we, uh, the team is, uh, we, we are 12 engineers uh, actually uh, working um, on the products. And then uh, we have experience in uh, manufacturing. Uh, we have uh, a guru which has, who has 20 years of uh, electronics manufacturing experience. Um, and also uh, people with uh, software um, uh, algorithm design experience. So it's a really, uh, we, the, the team right now is 80% engineers. So it's really, yeah, same. Um, ben, can you talk about the decision-making process for the uh, purchasers, the designers, right? Uh, in such a product, I would imagine that they will want to qualify the suppliers, the manufacturers, and there are probably a lot of kind of, you know, uh, back and forth going on between the designers and the manufacturers. So how do you take all that into your system? How do you, you know, or, or take that all, all out of the equation? That, that is a very interesting question. Uh, so for, for us, uh, qualifying a manufacturer as long as the manufacturer, so we have ourselves, we have a vetting process for the manufacturers. So we choose the best uh, uh, manufacturers available. Um, actually for the client who wants to validate a manufacturer, this is not a problem um, practically from what we have seen. Uh, so all of our manufacturers were successfully uh, qualified um, for, uh, for by the clients. Uh, what we see that is really interesting that impacts the, the, the decision uh, making process in, in purchasing is actually with our tools, we provide more information, uh, both from the markets so or from the electronic components and also from the manufacturer. Um, and because of this transparency to the customer, the purchasing and the engineering team of the customer would often feel that this, because they have more visibility uh, into the whole process, this gives them more confidence and speeds up the process. Okay, thank you so much, SMT.AI, for the presentation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Shall we give a round of applause to all the pitching startups and the judges for the wonderful work? Thank you, everyone, for sticking around so long. We're having a great time, and it's not over yet. While we're calculating the scores for the startups to get a top three startup winning teams, we're having a panel discussion happening in a moment. Our colleagues are moving the chairs for the setup on the stage. Please stay with us. Especially the startups, please stay, stay with us for the awards ceremony, because you might be the one taking away the 30,000 Hong Kong donors, the winning prize. Thank you. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.